Welcome to today's episode of Direct Mail Automation School, the podcast for marketers who are looking for an edge as they deploy direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns. I'm your host, Dennis Kelly. I'm CEO of Postalytics, the leading direct mail automation platform designed for marketers to deploy automated direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns with the speed, integration, and analytics of digital marketing. Today, we'll be talking about unlocking the distinctive power of direct mail data and we've got a great guest today, Jeff Terran. Uh, Jeff joins us from Gunderson Direct, where he's a chief operating officer. Uh, Gunderson is one of the leading marketing agencies in the country that specializes in direct mail. Uh, Gunderson's been building and improving direct mail programs for large companies and well-funded startups for over 18 years. And they apply proprietary testing and optimization techniques for lead generation, customer acquisition, triggered marketing, and many other types of direct mail campaigns. Uh, Jeff himself has started two successful direct marketing agencies, where he's been a CEO or part of the management team at agencies for the last 20 years. He's considered one of the direct marketing industry's true thought leaders, and has most recently contributed to a cool new book called The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever. Welcome, Jeff. We're delighted to have you on the Direct Mail Automation School today. Thank you, Dennis. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, Jeff, uh, before we dive into direct mail, uh, uh, let's let's learn a little bit more about you. Uh, you know, how did you get here? What, what what were the things that happened early in your life that influenced you know your choice to get into marketing, and then you know how did you end up in the direct mail world? My choice to get into marketing was actually uh, a very early and strange one. My dad had a retail store. And right about 16 years old, I decided to um, tell him I could do the ads better than the ads you were getting, and I can decorate your window better than the window you're getting, and I can do the signs on your aisles better than those people are doing. And I just went for it and kind of never looked back, got degrees in advertising and marketing, and there you go, went right into the agency business. My focus on direct marketing happened in kind of a, you know, serendipitous way. A large Western financial institution was our client. Um, they came to our agency and they said, uh, we've got this idea and we don't know how to make it happen, but we want to market this product and we need to market it to people. And it's a, it's a mortgage related product. So we got to find where people live and mail them something. Um, I got handed that, I figured it out, and kind of appreciated the um, the exercise, appreciated the discipline, appreciated that it's so, um, that you can, you know, review your, your, uh, your findings, um, that response is trackable, and kind of took it from there, and little by little moved my uh, career in that direction. As you said, owned a couple of my own agencies, and now I'm the COO at, um, Gunderson Direct, and we're one of the largest independent direct mail agencies in the country. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, we're thrilled to have you on. Uh, you know, uh, having your expertise that we can bring to our audience is super exciting. Uh, it, you know, speaking of our audience, a lot of the marketers that we speak to are uh, actually looking at direct mail either for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Uh, that you know, they, they have kind of gone away from direct mail or maybe they're younger marketers and, and they're just coming uh, to the table and they're saying, hey, you know, I need to start looking at direct mail because I'm getting tapped out on some digital and, and email marketing channels. And, and so, you know, 
do you have any advice for somebody who's just getting started in direct mail? And, you know, what can they do to get off on the right foot? You know, we, we get that question a lot when people contact us. Um, like any good marketing exercise, you want to really know what you want to accomplish with direct mail. It could be anything from a top of funnel lead. It could be through conversion. It could be just to build a list. A lot of times there are using your existing database, which is relatively low-hanging fruit because you know those people exist. So using your existing database to reactivate people, um, upsell or cross-sell them. And also one of the easiest ways to get into direct mail is what you guys do, retargeting. Uh, you've got people visiting your website. They're showing some intent, some interest. So capturing their address and then marketing to them via direct mail is a very good way to test the concept of the of the channel, make sure it works and, and can provide some pretty good results. Um, and what I always tell them also is probably more than almost any other channel, Direct mail is, is an offer-based channel. So make sure you've got an offer that's prominent. Make sure that offer has an expiration date. A lot of people new to the channel don't recognize that. And uh, mail without an offer and, you know, almost always someone has to go from the mail to another channel to respond. And if that's the case, giving them a real good reason to do that in the direct mail is really important. No question about that. And uh, we'll, we'll get into kind of response mechanisms uh, as we go along here. Um, but it, it's amazing to me the uh, amount of mail that I get either at home or, you know, start working with clients and, and seeing, you know, creative that doesn't really have an offer or it's a very weak offer if there is one. And so, um, yeah. you know, it, it's it's so fundamental that that, that offer is crystal clear and compelling for the audience, right? And, you know, some right. offers are compelling for some folks and not others. So it's really about the match, right, between the audience and the offer. That's where you get success. Yeah, I kind of have a, a notion that, um, you know, our clients are getting, not clients, but marketers are getting a little lazy when it comes to offers. It's too easy to do what the competition is doing. It's too easy. It, you know, it's looked at as a cost instead of an investment in the marketing program. So um, we're really push, we really push our clients to very seriously consider offers and, um, and, and offers that are based on what they want the prospect to, to do is also very important. Is a white paper appropriate or is it time to give that prospect a, a real live discount, um, you know, and also to include timeframes on offers. Offers are all about FOMO. And um, when there's not an end date on an offer, it's really not just an offer. It's just a reduced price or something of that nature. So we work, we take offers very seriously in our business. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's super important. Um, you know, one of the, the keys to direct mail success uh, is really, as we were talking about, kind of drilling down on the audience and then matching the audience to, you know, the offer and other elements of the creative. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, the data that you're using is so important. Uh, tell us, you know, how is direct mail data different uh, than other, say, non-address-based uh, data sources? Well, you know, you can't... 
data is probably the most important aspect of a successful direct mail program. Um, I don't play golf. You can send me the most beautiful brochure with the best deal to play golf, to go to Scotland, do a wonderful tour, and it's garbage, right, in my household anyway. So data is extremely important. And what we have in direct mail is address-based data. Address-based data is the, the has been collected for longer than any other form of data. The analysis of that data has been going on for decades. And it's also, importantly, the most verifiable data. And we know that because the IRS uses it. Your major financial institutions you do business with, when they need to talk to you about something important, they use your address data to reach you. And even healthcare institutions, same way. And it's how you get your prescriptions. So we address data is the most verifiable, best collected data. Um, thousands and thousands, because it's been around for so long, th there are thousands, literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, appendable selects based on age, based on just about any demographic you can think of. The data sets are large enough that we can do very significant modeling in that data, and that gets us great look-alike models so we can actually model and base our mailings based on your customers and what they look like now, assuming that your newest customer is going to look like your current customers. So it really is very uh, substantially better data than you would source from non-address-based resources. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many tools that can, you know, clean and verify, you know, the data before the, the, the campaigns are actually sent. And, uh, you know, we find that that's a critical part of success is is getting that address data in and scrubbing it against the USPS databases and, you know, just only mailing to those sources that, you know, we're able to uh, get a clean uh, record uh, attached to. So uh, it's, it's super important to go through that process. Well, that's a great point. You know, on the one hand, the USPS forces us to make sure the data is really good. On the other hand, we're fortunate that the USPS forces us to make sure that we're mailing good deliverable data because that's how we know it gets there. We track data that we mail. The deliverability of mail is in the high 90 percent, 98, 99 percent uh, on virtually every mailing. If it's 95 percent, that's as low as it gets. So we know the mail is being delivered and you probably can't say that about any other channel. No, no. You know, we, we end up doing a lot of work with companies that have invested heavily in CRM and marketing automation. And yeah. one of the first use cases to bring Postalytics uh, to the forefront is often to target the email non-subscribers, right? Or, yes. Or, or people who have bounced an email because, you know, you know you can go get a good physical address and you know your message will be delivered. And, and so, you know, you can set up marketing automation to automatically segment and target those folks who have said, hey, I get too much email. I, enough, enough already. Right. So, so, but they're not telling you, you can't send to the physical mailbox. And, and mm -hmm. you know that that mailbox is accurate. Yeah. It's, it's funny how people own their email inbox and, you know, get upset when they get mail they don't want or just ignore it. There's not quite that perception with 
the actual um, physical mailbox, uh, you accept mail from people you don't know. And that's what makes it such a valuable acquisition channel relative to uh, email. Um, and, you know, you raise another good point, which is tangentially, um, how many digital messages do you see a day? Well, multiply that by 10 because you don't see the vast majority of them probably. Uh, but you're only getting about eight pieces of mail in your mailbox a day. So the mail that you receive is so much more visible to you. You have to touch it. Um, it just it makes such a different impression than digital mail could ever make, digital email yeah, no. and digital messaging in general could ever make. So it really it really does break through clutter in a whole different way. Just um, just in, in the consumer's mind, just emotionally, physically, uh, intellectually, it just is a whole different experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's let's dig in more on that. Uh, so so how does getting a direct mail piece of material, a marketing message through the direct mail channel, how is that perceived as different uh, than, uh, you know, a, a digital uh, message or an email-based uh, marketing message? How do consumers kind of look at that differently? Yeah, uh, there's been a fair amount of studies on that. Uh, the most obvious one is that it's tangible. Uh, you know, human beings from the inception of human beings, we're kind of wired for eye to brain cognition. Paying close attention to what's ever in our hands is kind of what makes us part of what makes us human. Uh, so messages are just better understood and more strongly perceived when you can touch it. That's a, a value that physical mail has over digital. It may have something to do with why in general conversion rates on direct mail are almost always higher than other channels. People just get more engaged with it. And it's also, you know, in, in an era where all we, we hear so much about trust, um, it is, uh, comes out time and time again in any survey as the most trusted channel in marketing. First of all, it's really expensive to scam people in direct mail, right? I mean, you're not going to send out one and a half million scam email messages in direct mail because it's going to just cost you too much. And by the way, we can usually figure out who sent the, the direct mail. Uh, there's this thing called a return address and the post office kind of requires it. So, um, so there's that. And also based on the major institutions that use it, like we said, you know, the IRS uses it, your healthcare um, provider uses it. So there's just a whole perception that the channel, an appropriate perception that the channel is more trustworthy in terms of marketing messaging um, than other channels. And indeed, there was a recent um, study that showed consumers if they were going to receive an acquisition message, the channel they most wanted to receive it with from a company they didn't know was through direct mail. So that was kind of interesting. And it kind of speaks to um, the trust that is rel you know, related back to that channel. Well, I could say I've never received uh, a postcard or a letter in the mail uh, that uh, was talking about my uh, uncle who's in jail in Africa and only needs a $50,000 bond posted <laughs> in order to you know, unlock a million dollars, which I'll, I'll be, you know, coming into. Uh, so uh, uh, well, th there's that. It's exactly right. There's no Nigerian prince sending out a million and a half pieces of mail, Dennis. That's right. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, with, with that, um, uh, you know, tell us what, what's happening, you know, most recently in, uh, in direct mail creative, like what are, what are, what are you guys seeing in the campaigns that, that you're yeah. producing at Gunderson and, and, and what are the clients really reacting to and, and, and what's getting results up there? We have people all the time that want to know, you know, how do we get results? What should we be doing? What can we be doing better? Love right. to hear your take. Right. Um, so I think one of the, the things you have to recognize about direct mail is you can't click on direct mail. Okay. You can't react with it directly to respond to it. So when you're building direct mail creative, you really have to be forward thinking about what you're sending people to and what you're asking them to do. That's why offers are important. Uh, but also keep in mind, almost all the time, we are building direct mail creative that sends somebody online. Okay. Very clear calls to action about where to go. Show, you know, show what the mobile and digital experience might look like. That kind of helps make people understand what the transition is going to be when they respond. Design for digital sensibilities. We're seeing less, less and less um, success. And that's maybe too strong a word. I wouldn't say less success. I'd say more success with more visual self-mailer postcard approaches that make a very quick impression on people and then send them to a website. Now, what that means is your landing page has to work super hard. So you've got to make sure that you are creating an experience that goes seamlessly and makes a lot of sense going from the direct mail to the landing page. And sometimes that means you've got to look critically at a landing page that might be working for other channels, make sure it's working for direct mail. You've got to build in those offers that drive people there and make them very clear. As easy as you can to make, as easy as you can make it to respond to direct mail, that is one of the jobs that, you know, you have to work very hard on because again, people have to put it down and go someplace. We're also doing a lot testing now that takes people directly to mobile environments when those exist for clients. So we're testing QR codes and that's been, that's been actually pretty successful in getting people to the mobile environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing a huge growth in, uh, QR yeah. code adoption. Um, we, we ran a study last year and, uh, in, uh, we looked at, uh, 2020 versus 2021 and we saw a 70% growth in the number of campaigns, uh, that included a QR code, uh, over the previous year. And, you know, I yes. think there's a lot of reasons for that. Right. Um, but mm -hmm. to your point, it, it immediately drives somebody online. And, and mm -hmm. if you do a good job with that transition so that your ma your messages match from one channel to the next, then you've got a good formula for success. Right. Right. We're, uh, we're almost, I, I can't think of a client that we have that we are not testing our way into QR codes. And obviously it doesn't work if it's a phone response. And obviously it doesn't work if you have, um, if you don't have a, an optimized mobile response ability. Um, but we are, uh, we're testing it wherever we can. And generally once we test it, it seems to be something that sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at, at Postalytics, we've got a, 
a, a built-in tool that allows you to include a personalized QR code so we can measure specific mm-hmm. response uh, to down to the individual and and uh, and that's all packaged up in part of our dashboards and our uh, feeds into the CRM and marketing innovation tools and um, but but that's not all that's going on with QR codes. Uh, you guys over at Gunderson have developed a pretty cool new technology as well. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, and, and I think QR code technology is, we're just seeing the beginning of that. The personalized QR codes are really wonderful because people can scan those and a form gets pre-filled if, if you can take it that far. I mean, that just takes some all the work out of the prospect's hands um, and speeds them down the response path. But I'm glad you brought it up. One of the things that we're experimenting with, and we've seen some re- really good results initially with uh, retailers especially, is a QR code that lets you respond right now or recognizes the fact that you may not be opening your mail on your way in from the mailbox before dinner to be in a position where you can respond right away. So uh, we have something called Post Reminder. And Post Reminder lets the prospect say, great, I can respond now. Or they can actually send their own, set their own alerts. So they can have an alert sent to them on their on their time frame, on their mobile device, when they want to remind them to take advantage of the offer. Now, you can see how a major retailer who has to send out a postcard two or three weeks in advance of a sale would love you to be able to scan that and remind you that the sale starts tomorrow. Or just scan it and allow them to tell you the, the sale starts tomorrow and it ends in two days, you know, get over to the store. Um, so we're seeing some early adoption of that that's been very positive. Uh, but it's just part of what's going on. And, and it's, it's a product that we've developed internally. Um, and we're basically, you know, marketing it to anybody who would like to give it a try. So Post Reminder is just one example um, of what's going on with QR codes. The design of QR codes is getting more interesting. We're seeing logos in QR codes now. So they're feeling more like they are personalized from that aspect as well. And of course, personalized QR codes that you spoke about. So there's just a lot of cool things going on with QR codes and they work. So we will see them continue to be, um, to change and become even more relevant, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not, we're not getting off our phones anytime soon. So <laughs> it's a great way to, uh, get somebody on their phone and on your site. Well, and you, you mentioned something else that's important. Um, you scan a QR code, I know you scanned it. So it's 100% accurate attribution. I don't have to worry that you went into a system and somebody from a different, you know, you put in a different address, you put in a different something like that, or maybe we're not even collecting that kind of information. QR codes provide perfect information. So that's another real positive reason to use them. Absolutely. Uh, uh, let's let's get back to data for a minute. And so, uh, you know, sure. there's always new types of data being out there uh, that, that is made available for, for marketers in the direct mail world. Uh, tell us, are you seeing any kind of cool new data sources that are, are coming online at this point? You know, there is always a lot more going on in the world of address-based data than people perceive. Um, one of the things that 
direct mail data is known for is accuracy. Not so much recency because it just takes a while. You, you know, you buy a car, it takes a while for that to work its way through the system and be information that might be readily available for marketing. Um, that's part of why retargeting mail, uh, like what you guys do, is so valuable. It has an aspect of intent to it. Someone has been to a website. You know they've been there. They know they've been there. They get a follow-up on that. So we can act on a prospect's intent, and it works pretty well. The issue with that is how scalable is it? Um, it, no, it? It shows very specific intent, but it's intent specific to your company, not necessarily a decision that you are making that involves other companies that you're, you, you may not have gone necessarily to an individual company, but you're still – but that – that company would love to reach out to you because they know you have intent. So little by little, we're starting to see the direct mail world build intent databases. So these aren't databases that are sitting there and that exist. They're databases that are going to be built in real time for mass mailings based on activities that you have, based on trackable activities uh, from a variety of data sources. So that's kind of exciting. It's pretty new. Um, we're dabbling in it. We're starting to test it. There aren't a lot of available opportunities there. But that's a very exciting thing that will make, I think, direct mail relevant in the eyes of digital marketers who are very much based on recency and intent data. The other thing we're doing is uh, the, the, the ability to model faster and to build better models based on existing customer data. So we take your customer data and we run it through these databases and we model it to find people who look like your existing customers, that being the assumption that we want to market to people like that. We're starting to use AI technology more and more in that, machine learning. So we're developing more models, we're developing them faster and we're able to back test them against databases faster. And that's really improved the ability to do uh, better quality models faster, which always leads to better results. So um, we're seeing more and more of that that data analysis come into uh, come into play and improve response. So those are a couple things we see going on right now. But the other thing is there are always new data sources in direct mail and the ability to mix and match them, to append them and to analyze them makes it so that uh, we have a data team that is always running at full speed to figure out what's going on in the industry. So lots of innovation going on there always. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question that, you know, the uh, evolution of tech and in particular the, you know, explosion of AI is really going to help to close that uh, recency gap that, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, a, a little while ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, it's coming. You know, yeah, yeah, no question. So based on your experience, you know, do you have any advice uh, or takeaways that you'd offer to marketers who maybe are kind of just getting started in the direct mail world and, you know, they're getting their first uh, set of campaigns out, uh, you know, experienced guy like you, what, what are some key things to keep in mind? Well, um, some of the things that are going on that marketers have to consider is we are able to take address-based data and pretty much we can figure out your a good part of your digital graph. So we're using that now to integrate direct mail programs with digital programs, email, social, 
display. Um, and some of those results are pretty promising. It seems to be, in our experience, up and down by category, uh, not just by category, but whether it is a cross-sell or acquisition or reactivation campaign. Um, so that is something that clients are testing. And even if you're not doing it very deliberately with your you know, appending address-based data type of thing, we're really strongly recommending that digital campaigns run concurrently with direct mail. One of the things that's always been kind of interesting is, believe it or not, there seems to be a relationship between podcast marketing um, ad spend and radio ad spend and connected TV, all those things that happen around the time of the mail seem to improve response rates. Uh, informed delivery, which is a USPS offering, and it's absolutely free, also in, um, just automatically at no cost integrates digital with a direct mail campaign. So there's a lot of that going on as well. But, you know, the thing that every mailer has to understand is whether you're mailing a little or a lot is the importance of testing, uh, especially data, but just about everything, because there are so many assumptions we make in what's going to work in the world of marketing. And for whatever reason, direct mail as much, if not more than any of them, kind of defies our logic sometimes. Um, it may not be the offer that drives things. It may be the list. It, it may be um, – we've seen, for example, um, situations where the format we use, we can be running an 8.5 by 11 letter that goes in an envelope. It could be the highest performing package for years and years and years. And then it starts to, as everything does in marketing, it starts to flag, uh, it starts to age, it's not responding as well. We turn that exact same message into a self-mailer and the response rate bumps right up again. So just things as mundane as testing a different format with the exact same message can be something that can really help to breathe life into the mail and something that needs to be tested. So there's all kinds of things to keep in mind, but um, testing is essential to success. And we always Completely tell our clients, you, you should ne never, never mail without saying, what am I going to learn by the end of this? Whether it's successful or not, what am I going to learn? And that comes down to, of course, building tests that you can learn. The whole A-B testing thing is just so important to learn in direct mail. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of what we're telling clients. We, we practice what we preach, obviously. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're in complete agreement that, you know, that the testing is something that is almost cultural, right? It is so if you build it in the beginning of your, yeah. of your that's programs right. – then it, it has a compounding impact over time, right? You just get better and better and better. So it's important just to get started right. with it. Well, and because unlike digital, where you test something on a Thursday and by Tuesday you know it worked or not, direct mail has a latency. So because of that, when we're working with clients who want, want to be regular mailers, we'll actually test something in January, but we know we're not going to learn whether it really worked or not until March. So we'll build what we call testing roadmaps where here's what we're testing in January, here's what we're testing in February, here's what we're going to test in March pending the results of January, here's what we're going to test in April pending the results of February 
February and March. So we lay out the priorities for, you know, six months to a year. So everybody knows where we're headed. So we can uh, not sit there and say, okay, what did we learn in January and how fast can we turn on it? We already have an idea of where we're going, how we're going to analyze it in the next steps. And direct mail takes that kind of discipline because of that latency. Um, so when you're testing, you also have to build in the time frames and the process you're going to use, utilize those learnings in. Great, great. Uh, uh, Jeff, can you tell us a success story? That's what we find customers really always want to kind of hear. You know, tell us, tell us a, a story about a campaign that kind of knocked out of the park and is, uh, you know, great success in, in the minds of one of your clients. Well, this is a hot off the press. I uh, just had a meeting on this the other day. Uh, we're working with a national realtor and we had uh, really phenomenal success in a campaign with them. And I was dubious at the start because we are in a rising interest rate environment. Home sales aren't what they were. Um, a lot of price pressure on homes, people pulling back from selling homes because of the rising rates. And what we learned in that is that people really want to work with very localized experts. So when we went in there and we did hyper-targeting by neighborhood and we personalized the direct mail to the neighborhood and really built up the quality of what that realtor was able to accomplish in that neighborhood. Um, and, and we added to that uh, multiple touch points, including retargeting of the people who responded to the direct mail and visited the site. Realtors got inquiries not just to sell a home, which is what the mailing was about, but also to buy a home. So um, that mailing was very successful, just happened, and we've got uh, a happy client with that. We hopefully will be moving ahead with them. And again, like I said, it's in a rising rate environment. So it's one of those things where they say, you know, buck the trend. Uh, everybody's pulling back. Maybe you should market a little harder. That's what this client did, and it was really successful. So really glad to be a part of that effort. Uh, it's great to hear. And uh, you're right. All, all you hear about in the real estate world is doom and gloom. And so it's uh, great to hear a success story, you know, deploying some of the latest direct mail techniques. So that, that, that's awesome. Uh, you know, wrapping up, you know, as you're thinking about, you know, what's happening today and where things are going, uh, do you have some thoughts or takeaways on, on the future? of you know, how direct mail is going to fit into the overall marketing landscape and how it's going to evolve? Well, if it's any indication, um, we're finding more and more digital first marketers are very curious about how direct mail can work with them. We're actually working with a VC on startups and those startups are trying out direct mail early in their, um, in their life their life cycle much earlier than they might have before because they recognize that the digital landscape is so cluttered and becoming lost, uh, less cost effective over time. Um, and we're hearing that from digital marketers all the time who give us a call because one of the things they learn about direct mail, unlike digital, is that it's scalable. So the more it becomes more efficient over time. 
um, because you produce more. It's a manufacturing process, and that's something that doesn't necessarily happen in digital marketing. So we're seeing more and more of that. I expect there would be continued integration between channels as digital marketers take on direct mail responsibilities. That's direct mail, digital, radio, and even connected TV. Um, we're seeing more and more of that. Uh, more information is being you know, there are just more providers along those lines and more stories to tell. Again, inventive use of QR codes like Post Reminder, and you can find postreminder.com. It's just like it sounds. And, and finally, uh, I'm excited about something we talked about a little earlier, the concept of intent data, not just for retargeting when people visit a website and use Postalytics services, but on a mass scale for mailers who are really looking to find people who are interested in their category before they show interest to their particular company. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and, and then finally, before we go, uh, tell us about the new book, uh, the most amazing oh. marketing book ever. You gotta love the title, Ooh. right? Right, right there. You know that marketing people came up with this book. There you go. There, um, yeah. Um, not only yes, and and an interesting group. It was a group of people. We're on Discord. We all talk about marketing all the time. And somebody said, "Hey." We're all experts in different things. List what your expert is in, expertise is in, whether you would like to write a chapter. And we ended up with 35 chapters. And it's a very cool book because, um, first of all, it's 35 authors. It's the first, there's an Audible book on Amazon. It's the first time Amazon ever did multiple readers throughout the entire book. So getting that approved was kind of a feat. Um, and what we've done is we made it so, you know, to make it so it's very digestible, every author had to have something like eight to ten key main tips about how to use their channel. So it's, it's kind of a great primer all around on all kinds of marketing channels um, in a very digestible form. And, you know... I didn't read everybody else's chapter till the book came out, but I got to tell you, everybody did a really good job. <laughs> so, so I really, really do recommend it. Go online, go on Amazon, buy it, and please leave a review because we want to know how you feel about it. But thank you for bringing it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to get it. Uh, and uh, uh, I placed my order on Amazon earlier today. So uh, hopefully you get a little bit of royalty there, Jeff. Uh, so <laughs> a uh, real, a real little bit of royalty. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, finally, uh, as we say goodbye here, uh, tell, tell the world, how can we get in touch with you and, uh, learn more about Gunderson? Well, our website is GundersonDirect.com. That's G U N D E R S O N direct.com. All one word, obviously. And uh, you can learn about our agency there. There's actually a great form that you can use to determine uh, the payback on a direct, a, a make-believe direct mail project. Um, so you can do some playing around there. You'll learn about the company. And we have a contact form and a very busy new business division there that would love to talk to you if you're interested in direct mail. So fill that out. And I actually love it when people contact me directly. So if someone wants to contact me at Jeff at Gunder, G-U-N-D-I-R dot com. Love to hear from you. Answer your questions. I'm kind of an evangelist for the industry along with Dennis over here. So um, anything I can do to help, I'd love to do. So contact me. 
That's awesome. And uh, if you do contact Jeff, you won't be disappointed. He's uh, one of the best. So well, thank uh, you. Uh, Jeff, Darren, thank you so much. This is great. Uh, really enjoyed having you on today. And uh, I'm looking forward to digging in on the most amazing marketing book ever. And uh, uh, we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you, Dennis. It was a pleasure.